you're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. Today we're going to be starting a three-part series on how to mow your lawn efficiently. And specifically today we're going to be speaking about edging. So whether you call that line trimming, brush cutting, whippersnipping, it's all really the same thing. And our guest is my current boss for the last few years, Eric Beezer, who owns Acre Lawns and Gardens in Northern Melbourne. G'day, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, not too shabby. Thanks. How about yourself? Good. Very good. That's good. So some people like to treat mowing the lawn as a sort of job that takes all weekend. How long do you reckon that an average lawn should take to uh, whippersnip, mow and blow for a professional? Um, look, the key is uh, frequency as well. I know a lot of people tend to put it off and then uh, by the time you get to it, it's up to your knees. But um, if you're doing it frequently enough and depending on the season, a lot of lawns we might allow one hour with travel time uh, with one person. So you might be looking at you know, around the 30-minute mark with, uh, with two guys. But uh, look, frequency and regularly is, is the key to, to keeping on top of it and keeping it looking good. Can you walk us through a few of the basic brush cutter options out there in the market? Yeah, you've got, um, we mainly use uh, straight brush cutters. Um, some of the curved shaft brush cutters are mainly sold to the domestic market. Um, but uh, you can get your dedicated brush cutters or you can get your, your combi or your multi-tool, which allow you to add different attachments for, for different jobs. Um, and that's, that's quite a good option. So uh, you might not have to buy too many tools to start up with. You might be able to, uh, to add a hedger with the brush cutter. So it makes you a little bit more versatile. Yeah, you can get uh, ring grip handles, bullhorn handles. Um, the bullhorns we don't use personally, but they're more for slashing larger areas and difficult to get to areas. Um, you might see the council with those more often. They're a lot more comfortable if you're doing, you know, all day on the brush cutter and you're slashing from, uh, you know, with uh, with a harness on. So it's uh, it's a bit awkward if you're doing edging a small lawn. We're rotating the brush cutter quite often when we're we're doing d- different sections. Yeah, the straight shaft. Just the ring grip uh, brush cutter is generally what we use. Yeah, I like the ring grip because you can spin it around upside down to um, vertically edge a lot easier than with uh, a bullhorn uh, setup. It's just a lot more maneuverable, I reckon. That's right, yep. yep. And also uh, the type of head you use is, is important too. We use a, a speed feed or a bump feed head. Um, makes it a lot quicker to, to load the line when you, when you run out. Some you have to pull apart altogether and uh, others you can just slide a, two or three metres of line in and twist it, ratchet it up, and uh, you're ready to go. What can you tell us about blade heads for the whip? In what circumstances do you reckon they're good, and when do you recommend just avoiding them? Um, we've used them in some situations where you've got really thick weed growth, uh, like quite woody weeds to get through, and you can get different uh, numbers of teeth on those blades as well, so they're designed for different thicknesses of from small brush to thick weeds. We don't use them too often, but um, they've, they've, got, they've got a time and a place. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't edge a lawn with them because you're taking chips out of the, the concrete path as well. Right. And what brands do you recommend uh, when it comes to the brushies? Look, we, uh, we did use Shindawa a lot a few years ago. Now we're using steel. Uh, a lot of that comes down to the, the, the shop that you might purchase your gear from. One of the shops that we used did actually change um, brands. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's, uh, it's helpful to be able to get service quickly. And if the shop's in your local area... Um, there's, there's not much point having something that you've got to drive an hour to, uh, to get repaired or, or you can't get parts for. 
So um, Shindara and Steel are probably the main brands that we, we've used in regards to brush cutters. Cool. And how do the Steel and Shindy compare to each other? Is there much of a difference or are they basically just the same thing? They're both pretty good. You know, some of them had some good things and bad things about them, but uh, they're pretty similar. Sometimes it's hard to, to judge exactly, you know, what kind of hours you've got on each machine, but, um, you know, they get a pretty good workout in a in a 12-month period. So if, if you get one or two years out of a machine, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, totally. And it probably depends on your local mower store too. Like, um, what are they keeping in stock? What are they recommending? Uh, what's going to be easy for them to get repairs on? Mm, mm. And some some brands you might find it's uh, it's you know a bit time consuming to get parts sometimes, which can can slow you down. And you find you 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 do need to have several machines and a backup machine so that uh, that doesn't slow you down too much. So a brush is comfortable to hold. And what are your recommendations, especially when it comes to um, holding those ring grips comfortably? There's quite a few different ways that you see people using them. But uh, I remember the first time I used it, I'd probably lasted about five minutes and my shoulders were killing me. But uh, they become more comfortable when you get conditioned like anything as well. You know, after doing it for a month or two, you know, you, you finish a property without stopping. And when you first start, you're probably in pain after a little while and need to have quite a few breaks. But um I don't know. I think the key is sometimes not to try and cramp your muscles up too much and get kind of too rigid so that uh, your shoulders and your traps kind of tend to, uh, to take all the load, sometimes relaxing and, and lowering the machine. Um, but you see some guys hold, holding it vertical and, and some people having it out in front of them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of personal preference. But at the end of the day, if you, if you get a good result, then there's, um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah, that's it. As long as you're comfortable. And I think um, staying relaxed is a big one. Because the machines are actually designed to um, sort of be quite well balanced as long as you're just relaxed, keep your arms by your sides and, uh, yeah, don't tense up too much. Just let the machine do most of the work. Mm, mm. And sometimes a little adjustment of the ring grip handle can just balance the weight for you and it can be a little bit different sometimes for the, for the height of the person using it. So most brushies, at least the commercial ones, are going to shoot to the left. What does that mean? Yeah, it's just the direction of the, the line in, in the head. So if they're shooting to the left or they're rotating anti-clockwise, then um, that's the side that you need to be wary of as well for safety. Um, that's, you know, if it does pick up a small stone or any items that you, you might have noticed, um, you've got to be conscious of that if you're you know, near a vehicle or windows or people. And uh, yeah, so that's just, that's just where the, the excess debris is coming out from that side. Right, and if you're working next to a window, sometimes it makes sense to just do a dead walk up the other end and make your way back so you're shooting away from the window. Yeah, sometimes you can turn around and reposition yourself so that you're you know, going to a safer safer area. Totally, yeah, and the same thing goes for pools too. I mean, for goodness sake, be clever about how you're working your way around a pool because you don't want to be flicking those grass clippings straight into the pool because they're so hard to get out. And your customers just aren't going to be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've got a couple of jobs where uh, sometimes we have a second person with a blower actually blowing as you brush cut to, to prevent any mess in some spots like that. It's not always ideal if you work by yourself, but uh, yeah, sometimes helps. So let's talk a little bit about cord length. How long do we want the cord on our whip? And how do you extend the cord, especially with those speed feed heads that we like to run? Um, look, it's best to keep it at, at the maximum length that you can. We don't fiddle with the guards. Um, on the machines, sometimes you see some people take them off, um, but that's to your own detriment, safety-wise. But um, yeah, look, if you find the line is disappearing too quickly, you need to learn to to cut with the tip of the line. Some people get too close, and uh, you're, you're not cutting with, with the tip, which is essentially like the sharpest part as well. But um, 
takes takes several months to get used to using the brush cutter properly and being efficient with it. But um, if it gets too short and you don't extend the line as well, find it can get quite hot. Sometimes bind up inside the head as well. So it's not an easy thing to teach or explain, but it uh, takes a bit of experience to get used to. Yeah, that's it. You just got to get used to it. So you're talking about the guard and that guard that's just down there around the spinning head with the cord has a little blade on it that actually cuts the cord when it reaches a certain length. So keeping it at that length, at the maximum extended length, is actually the best. It's the best for the machine, best for the cut. And you're saying that you've got to cut with the tips. i got a little saying that I like to say when I'm training up newbies, and that is that it's a disc. It's a cutting disc. So yeah, I like to treat it a bit like an angle grinder almost, just um, cut with the tips. Look, let's contradict ourselves a little bit now and let's talk about when you might want to turn those revs down a little bit. Maybe you want to just tickle it, as we say, for example, to avoid ring barking. So tell us a little bit, what, what is ring barking? Um, yeah, you, you might often see that around uh, small trees, you know, in the nature strip or something like that, where someone just doesn't know where the tip of their line is. And if you're hitting, hitting a tree with, with that line or it can happen with other machines or tools as well you're taking the bark off the tree and which can result in killing the tree um a small little nick you know you, you get away with but um if you're, if you're too rough and, and not in control of the brush cutter you can end up killing the tree quickly cool and what are some of the other times that we might like to back those revs off and just tickle it yeah um look if you're getting getting the revs right with the machine you know you don't always need maximum power and, you know, you soon learn when you need it and when you don't. And especially if something's a bit more sensitive or you might have some things that can be flicked up as well, then, you know, the less the loss of velocity, the better. If you do happen to pick up a stone or if you're close to something delicate, you know, shrubs or trees. Um, so, yeah, learning to better the, the throttle and, and just use the powers that's just, just needed to get the job done. Yeah, great advice. All right. Let's say one of our listeners has a uh, backyard that they just want to whip and snip the whole thing. They want to flat whip the whole yard. They don't want to buy a mower. What advice do you have in this sort of a case? If you if you start doing that from uh, from scratch, you'll probably take chunks and scalp sections, and uh, it'll probably ruin half the lawn. But if you do practice, maybe on a little spot that's not quite as important. The trick is to getting it level. So then sometimes handle adjustment and the brush cutter adjustment is, is key to your height as well. So you can get the brush cutter head running flat. If you have it on an angle, you'll be cutting and digging into it as well. And then it's also trying to keep a consistent height. So it's, it's quite tricky to do. But um, if you've been on it for quite a while and you're, and you're pretty skillful, then you can sometimes uh, cut a small section of a back lawn that's maybe you know difficult to get a, a mower down there. And uh, often you know, someone wouldn't even notice if you've you've done that with a brush cutter or a mower but it's not not an easy task no it's not easy and i reckon as well it's um better to do it on shorter lawns rather than longer lawns because there's just a little bit less debris and muck to clean up afterwards yeah that's right um and also you know if, if you're working with a team that's running a ride on and sometimes you know some lawns like a kaikuyu or a buffalo lawn might be cut fairly high learning to match that height because there's always spots where you need to do a flat brush cut where the mower can't get in. So it's important to try and match the height of the lawn that the mower's cut at so it's not really obvious that you're cutting, you know, one centimetre off the ground and the mower's five or six centimetres, then uh, you need to kind of match that to look good. Yeah, you're right. It looks a little bit silly when you've um, cut it down too low with the whip up because you're going to have that sort of height differentiation between one part and another part. And you may even end up getting some uh, bald patches, which is definitely not what you want. Does it matter whether you whip a snip before mowing or mow after whip a snipping or is that just totally irrelevant? Look, in the 
I, I think it does. It's not always ideal, but uh, look, for example, if you're working by yourself, I would always check the property, maybe do a, a quick blow if needed. It's not always needed, um, but then snipping or brush cutting all the edges and all the corners first then allows you to mow and tidy up all those clippings afterwards. Uh, whereas if you do it at the end, you might have longer grass than sitting on top of the fresh cut grass. That's not always as clean looking. Yeah, no, it makes a big difference if you whip first and then mow second. It looks a lot nicer because you can, yeah, as you say, clean up that debris. But if you do know how to use the whipper and you're a bit more comfortable with it, you can sort of walk clockwise around the property and shoot outwards. So if you've got a little bush there that you can sort of shoot the debris into with it being on your left, sometimes that can work. But yeah, again, you don't want to be pushing it into windows or onto white rendered walls or into pools or anything like that. Just got to be smart. But yeah, you just don't want to be um, flicking the debris back onto your freshly mown lawn because when you turn around and look again, you're going to have a big ring of uh, clippings and leaves and all that sort of stuff. And in teams, it makes it a little bit more difficult to do exactly like that as well because you're not, you know, some things are slightly quicker done than other parts. Uh, but also, if, like you said, if it's a regular cut lawn and you're cutting just a, a nice, um, you know, minimal amount off, then you, it's not as noticeable as well if you go find afterwards to tidy a few things up. Whereas if lawns, you're cutting a, uh, you know, five or six centimetres off the lawn, those pieces are a lot more noticeable. All right. So let's say the grass is up to your knees. How do you go about tackling something like that? Keeping the, in mind the, the head throws to the left, I would generally not be rushing it because when you've got really long stringy grass, um, if you start moving the brush cutter through too quickly without letting the grass clear, that's angle up around the head a lot easier. So it actually moves at a quite controlled pace from right to left and it's kind of throwing it to the left as you're going through it and clearing. Um, so if you're going too quickly, I think it just falls and, uh, and kind of mats around the head as well. Um, but if it's really long, sometimes even cutting it in half and then going down lower to prevent that uh, tangling happening as well. Yeah, that's right. It might sound counterintuitive, but sometimes cutting it twice is actually uh, faster. Yeah, if you're continually stopping and untangling the, 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 the mess, then that will take ages. Tell me a little bit about quarter lines then. What do we need to watch out for when we're whipping around quarter lines? Oh, they're a nightmare. In, in brush cutting as well as the mowers as well, they're just so tough. Um, a lot of the dead borderline leaves, if they fall off, they'll just wrap around it straight away and they'll get inside the head and in between the components and you'll have to sometimes pull the whole head apart to uh, fix that up. Uh, they're not fun. Yeah, sometimes when you've got the new person working with you, they go head on straight like a bull at a gate that you just see them running off and they just hit those quarter lines with full revs and you just sort of put your head in your hands and you say, oh, what have you done? Yep, yep. It's a good situation when, you know, you see some that have fallen off and are scattered over the lawn. It may only be five or ten leaves, but that situation like that sometimes, you know what, let's just pick them up or a quick rake and it saves you, you know, headache down the track. Totally. And it just makes the job look a lot nicer too. So there are different angles that we can cut at with the whip, depending on what we're cutting against. So you wouldn't hold the same angle if you're cutting a vertical edge to if you're doing a 45 or if you're cutting up against a fence. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the different angles we can hold the whip at? A lot of our nice lawns, we're doing a vertical cut. So the, the head of the brush cutter is totally upright, kind of, you know, describing it like a, a bicycle wheel running along. That's, you know, if the lawn is a, a nice length, been, been looked after, um, there's plenty of lawns that are, you know, if, especially if they're overgrown, we might be just doing a, a 45 to get the edge back to where it should be on a concrete path or a driveway. And look, it, it depends on the situation, what type of job the client's you know requiring as well. If it's a slashing job and a cleanup that hasn't been you know done for months, there's no point doing a vertical cut. But uh, it all comes down to the situation. But most of the nice lawns we're doing are the vertical cut. Yep, totally. 
I think that the vertical cut does look the nicest if you're cutting along, especially like a curb or a footpath or something like that. And when it's Kaikuyu lawn, it just looks the nicest. So look, let's say we're at the backyard, we've whippersnipped, the mower's already been, and we don't want to have to walk all the way back around with the blower. Can we blow with the whip? Yeah, look, you can get a bit of momentum with a brush cutter. Um, it does kind of clean it up a bit. Um, I wouldn't want to do a big area, but if you've missed a couple of bits, you know, you can can walk past and, and use the momentum of the brush cutter line to, uh, to blow it away. But um, yeah, if it's a tiny bit, no problem. That takes practice too. Definitely. Yeah, you don't want to ruin the edge you've just done. No, no, you don't want to screw up your whole um, edge by going from zero revs to a thousand and fully extending the cord before you really know where that's going to go. And then you're just going to cut chunks out of your lovely work you've just whipped. Yep, yep. What safety equipment do we need when we're operating a whip? Um, look, first thing I recommend, leave the guard on. Um, not worth the risk. Still cap boots, good quality clothing, like, you know, heavy cotton pants, like a hard yakka type pants, gloves, glasses, and generally we're always wearing you know, a hat and sunscreen as well at uh, certain times of the year. But, um, yeah, best, best to stay safe. And, uh, you know, it's easily said in hindsight after, after you've injured something that you should have been wearing something. Definitely. So what are some of the things that can go wrong when we're operating a whip? Um, look, generally it's a projectile coming out from the left side of the, the brush cutter head. So being really conscious of what's on that side, even if you're working with other people, trying to keep an eye on where everybody is, windows, vehicles, you know, traffic. So um, yeah, it's not hard to, a uh, tiny little stone can be thrown across the road really quickly and uh, break something. So you always got to be on your toes when you're using one of those. Yeah, and that goes for whether you're using a cord or a blade. The blade's even more dangerous. We don't use them that much, but so much can just go wrong with the blades. Like, I was working on a site in Queensland once, and um, the reason why we got the job, why the company I was working for got the job, is because the contractors before us uh, ran a blade whip straight through the gas line. Oh, no. So that wasn't good. Yeah, you've got you to be careful and kind of know the property as well. You know, I've come across properties where water pipes and gas pipes have been through a garden bed just because uh, you know somebody was lazy when installing. Instead of uh, moving rocks or digging underneath, they've just oh, we'll just go through this plant here. And if you assume that things are clear, it uh, can end badly. And that goes for hedges too while we're on the subject. Definitely, uh, even more so. Yeah, it's a disaster waiting to happen, and it happens more often than you think that there's a gas line or an electrical line going straight through that hedge. Mm. Yeah, especially if you're up close to a house, you know, always check behind the hedge to see if there is a a meter or a pipe going into the house that, uh, you know, might be hidden. Yeah, definitely. Look, is there anything else that most people just don't know about the brushy? Like, what's the one thing that you would say, hey, do this, and you're going to be a much better whip operator? Uh, I think practice is the main thing, and... uh, just be just be careful. It's, it can be quite dangerous with you know small stones or near any gravel. Um, that's you know one thing I'm I'm really careful of when quoting a property. Some people put stone garden beds right up to the next to a lawn. You know it might look good in the beginning, but when you maintain it, uh, it can be quite dangerous. But um, and like anything, you know buying a, a decent quality will uh, be better in the long run for you as well. Thanks, Eric. That wraps up our whipping episode. Next episode's going to be on mowing. So you guys stick tight and we'll talk to Eric again shortly. There are links in the show notes to the Acre Lawns webpage and Facebook page. And if you're in Northern Melbourne, I definitely do recommend checking us out. There are also links to some articles that I've written, including Whip, Mow, Blow and Go, How to Mow Like a Pro, which is pretty comprehensive and comes in over 8,000 words. 